It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. In the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. We have Jake Morley on the show today from Packer Report. He also covers uh, the NFL draft for Arrowhead Pride which if it sounds like a Kansas City Chiefs website, that's because it is. And uh, that puts him in a unique position to offer some insight after what happened on Sunday. He was literally on the sidelines. He had an up-close and personal view, a front-row seat, if you will. In fact, he was in front of the front-row seats. He was so close to the action, he didn't even have a seat. He had to stand because he is on the field. So we'll get to Jake a little bit later. The NFL trade deadline is today at 4 o'clock. And Green Bay has been rumored to be interested in a receiver. I think that is important to note that it is not the case that that is evidence that Green Bay believes it needs a receiver, only that it could benefit from adding one. That has long been my position. The fact that they were not interested in Mohamed Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders, or not that they weren't interested, but that they did not pull the trigger at the price that eventually nabbed those players, I think is is good evidence that they do not believe in a need. We will see what happens with what goes down at the trade deadline, and maybe by the time you listen to this, the Packers traded for A.J. Green, and it's all moot. I, I hope that's not the case, but maybe it is. I wanted to... Put a couple things out there, though, because this this offense has been outstanding the last few weeks, and there's been a lot of criticisms out there, and I don't want to only address the negative Nancy fans at all times. I don't only want to address the Danny Downers. I just, I, I just don't find it to be productive, 
but there is some some really interesting information out there, some really interesting data that I have accumulated that I, I think is worth sharing that provides some context here. Because I, I know there are some some fans out there who are still gonna believe the sky is falling, and that's fine. Look, if that's if that's your perspective, that's gonna be your perspective, and and I'm not gonna move you from that place. But if you want the information. I think this information is interesting, and and I think you will too. So I just happened to be going back and, and looking at the numbers from the last few weeks. And I found out that over the last month, so since Devontae Adams went out, Green Bay is averaging a little over, a tick over three points per possession. 3.02 points per possession. In 2011... When the Packers set records, when Aaron Rodgers was the MVP, when he played quarterback at a level that we have never seen and have never seen since, Green Bay averaged 3.05 points per possession. Does that mean that the offense has been just as good? No, of course not. But it is good reference. It is a good touchstone. And from there, we can gauge, okay, just how good has this offense been? They are putting up points at a rate that is commensurate with their offense when it was all-time good. In 2016, for the run the table, they averaged 2.6 points per possession in that 2016 season, but during the run the table stretch, it was 2.8 points. And in 2014, they led the league. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. They led the league 2.73 points per possession. Now, the league is different. And it's, they score points more, but that, that three number, 3.02, this is a lot of numbers, but that number would lead the league if the Packers did it for a season. Well, they've done it for half a season, and they've done it for half a season without Devontae Adams. And one of the reasons they've, they've been doing that is because this offense identifying matchups has been so effective. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are rolling right now. What we saw the last two weeks is evidence of the synergy between quarterback and coach because Matt LaFleur is saying, okay, Aaron, on these third down plays, here's what we're going to do. We're going to create matchup problems for the defense. You're going to pick a matchup, and we're going to be able to exploit it based on the play design. And and here's the deal. And you're going to execute, and, and he has. I mean, this is the same group of guys that uh, on third and five with the game on the line, Aaron Rodgers comes to the sidelines and Matt LaFleur says, go win the game. And neither of them says anything for like 10 seconds. Just go win the game. And they're like, yeah. On third down, the last two weeks, Ben Fennell tweeted out this, this stat. Aaron Rodgers is 12 of 15 for 215 and two touchdowns. That is a perfect passer rating. And they're converting 61% of third downs. It's just pitch and catch, and and they have been more or less unstoppable. I mean, I know 61% is not totally unstoppable. There were some blitzes. Kansas City was able to do some things, but overall, especially lately, Green Bay has, has been expert at creating favorable matchups and exploiting them, and for those who are going to say, well, you know, uh, the the others are not playing well enough, so far this season, when targeted, Jake Kumaro has a passer rating of 145.1. Alan Lazard has a passer rating of 
Jamal Williams has a passer rating of 131.4. Aaron Jones, 126.3. Danny Vitale, 118. Jimmy Graham, 118. Mercedes Lewis, 111. Devontae Adams, 106.6. All of those secondary pieces. And why is that? Because Green Bay has been outstanding at putting those guys in a position to succeed. The running backs in particular, but the tight ends as well. Get your guys in a position to succeed. We've seen more built-in plays. Clear outs, Texas route for the running back. Wide open underneath in zone coverage, and he can run for days. If if you're going to have numbers to the bunch side on offense, throw the little quick screen, pick up six, eight yards. Offense doesn't have to be that hard. And, and I hear from fans who are saying, well, what if what if they double-team Adams and, and they take Jones away? Who is doing that? Who is doing that? Because right now, teams can't, can't figure out one of those things. Right now, they can't take away Alan Lazard. They can't take away Jake Kumaro. They can't take away Aaron Jones in the passing game, much less the run game. So how, who are these teams that are, that are going to slow down this offense right now? I mean, there are going to be teams that are going to be able to do it because you're not going to be a juggernaut every week. They're not the 07 Patriots. They're not even the 2011 Packers. But this offense is rolling right now. And it's because of the way that that Aaron Rodgers is playing. It's because of the way that this offense is set up to succeed. And that is a credit to Matt LaFleur. They do not need to have all of these dudes. And I know I'm a broken record on this. But the numbers bear it out. This offense without Devontae Adams has been awesome. They're going to get Devontae Adams back. Aaron Rodgers says it's going to be seamless. I don't know about that. But I don't want you to go into the deadline feeling like, oh, the Packers blew their opportunity here because the numbers, and this is th- those passer rating stats were not just the last four weeks. That's all season. So you look at the numbers the last four weeks, and in context of the season, Green Bay's secondary pieces really outside of Geronimo Allison, who has not been good. Everyone else is performing at expectations or well above expectations. And so this, uh, this idea that Green Bay is somehow short it just it is it is not borne out by the numbers and it is not borne out by what we've seen on the field. They've been able to create favorable matchups all the time. That's what good teams do, that's what good coaches do. And I just think Packer fans have been so they've been so jaded by Mike McCarthy who put it all on his players. They've been so jaded by an offense that requires individual virtuoso talent. That that this does not compute, and I get it. I I I do not begrudge anyone for feeling that way. It's just not the reality of the situation right now. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. There's still the NBA. There's still Major League Baseball. There's hockey. There's hey, Tiger Woods just did a thing. There's golf to bet on. There's always going to be up-to-date lines and prop bets and and the best, most interesting ways to bet at my bookie. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so do the smart thing and go to my bookie right now. They will double your first deposit bonus when you use the promo code locked on. That's right. If you put $1,000 on there on your account, they will give you $1,000. No odds, no money line parlays. Just for putting money in, they will give you money. That's double your initial deposit so you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, 
you get paid. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care? Personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app. Or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations... Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. All right, let's get to Jake Morley. You can follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley, M-O-R-L-E-Y. You can find his work at Packer Report. Uh, he's also still doing stuff at Cheesehead TV for, for the draft, Arrowhead Pride. He took some great photos from the sideline the other night. He was there in person, so let's get a full debrief. Jake, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Yeah, Peter, thanks for having me. Excited to be here today. So you had a, a pretty unique experience on Sunday. Uh, you were on the sidelines in Kansas City for Packers Chiefs, and I imagine that that was you know, a little bit of fun. Uh, just before we get into the actual game part of it, what was it like to be up close and personal, especially with you know a team like Kansas City that is as fast as they are, to see some of the stuff like Aaron Rodgers, that ridiculous touchdown throw? I mean, just, just walk us through what that was like for you. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's tough to put into words how cool Arrowhead is. And, you know, you, you want to talk about kind of the meccas of uh, of these NFL stadiums. And obviously Lambeau Field is probably right up there with anything. Uh, but Arrowhead's got to be in that conversation, too. I mean, coming out of the tunnel, walking onto that field was, you know, it, it gave me chills. You know, and that's not even to say what we saw on the field last night too, uh, that, uh, I was standing right by, I was actually standing right by John Kuhn on that, the Jamal Williams catch. And I, I looked at him and I, I just said, Hey, looks like another number 30 out there. You know, and he got a, he got a chuckle <laughs> out of that too. Uh, but I mean, yeah, just, just unbelievable stuff. And, you know, we can talk about it in a little bit as well, but yeah, the, the chiefs on offense are, are something to behold. I mean, they really are. I think Coach LaFleur said it after the game. They're just like an they're like an all star team out there. Uh, they just play at a different speed. So you you know you kind of look at them as an offense and what they were able to do against this Packers defense, and it, it's really predicated on you know how fast these guys are and how how they can just completely take a top off a of defense in a matter of seconds. I mean, I think you even I heard you talking about this earlier. Uh, you look at this offense and kind of think, man, you know, they really didn't gash the Packers as much as you think they did when you break it down and look at the stats, but it really is. You just look at them and you hold your breath every time they snap the mm -hmm. ball. You just don't know if they're going to, if 
they're going to rip off an 80-yard touchdown. They're just that explosive. Yeah, it's always weird to me, uh, and this is a little off topic, but I think it goes to your point here. You know, McCole Hardman was someone who, in the pre-draft process, and I know that's something that that you are are pretty deep into as well, everyone said, yeah, that's a Kansas City Chiefs-type player. And yet, uh, no one else picked him. I don't know if you know that. Uh, and it's, so it's like it's like in, in the NBA, oh, that, that guy's a Spurs-type player. Well, then maybe you should pick that guy. It's like one of those yeah. things. Like if he's going to come in and crush in that Chiefs offense, maybe you should pick him and he should he should crush for your offense. I mean, sometimes I feel like we overthink some of these things. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Mecole is just one of those guys that has that special, special speed. And it's obvious when he's on the field. And the thing with Mecole, though, is he only played eight snaps yesterday. And it seems like a lot more because they just get so much out of him in the limited amount of snaps that he plays. Uh, Andy Reid is brilliant with speed. I mean, he really is. Tyree, he's kind of on the Tyreek Hill plan uh, because when Tyreek came out, he really wasn't much of a route runner. You would almost want to call him a kind of a trinket type player. Obviously, he's not that anymore. He's a he's a very good wide receiver. Um, but Miko, they, they use him the same way. You know, they get him on these jet sweeps. They uh, they they get them on these checkdowns, and they have all these. You know, you looking back on it, you have, they have all these receivers that are perfect checkdown to touchdown type guys. Uh, and then when you have a backup quarterback like Matt Moore in there, oh man, like that's that's exactly what you want for a guy like that. Well, and and Hardman might only touch the ball four or five times, but you do feel like he could score every time he touches the ball, and you're scared Absolutely. to death to. Uh, to let him return the ball on a punt. You're scared to death to fly up the field and make a tackle in the open field. I mean, you could see the effect the speed had on the tackling in a lot of ways because, you know, like Kevin King a couple times came up to make tackles and he he basically came to a stop to make sure that Tyreek Hill or one of these guys isn't running by him because it would be so easy to just fly right by one of these guys. It's like It's like trying to tackle... You know, I don't even know uh, an arrow that's been fired from a quiver. It's like, how are you even supposed to get a beat on these guys? It just it is so hard to to contain what they do. I want to ask you uh, before we, we dive back into the football part of it. It sounded like there were a lot of Packer fans there. Oh, yeah, it was. I don't want to say it was a takeover, but it was about as close as it gets, especially down on the lower level. Um, where I think a lot of those were the, the were the more expensive tickets, uh, to be frank. And I think as soon as Pat got hurt, a lot of people were willing to sell. And what we know about Packers fans is they're willing to buy and they're willing to travel. Um, and there's already a lot of Packers fans in Kansas City, too. So it, I, I was just astounded walking around, kind of taking everything in and just all the green that was there. And what was really what cracked me up is. There were some definite go pack go chants going on, not just in the fourth quarter or even in the last you know five minutes where the game was really on the line, or even in the victory formation when the game was won. Uh, there was some very pronounced go pack go chants going on um, throughout the whole game. And what cracked me up about it is Chiefs fans are loud too. Don't get me wrong; like Chiefs fans came to, to party, <laughs> and they and so it was kind of a back and forth going on that every time you could kind of hear the go pack go chant starting to go it was always when the chiefs were on offense and it cracked me up because the chiefs fans then got super loud to try to drown it out 
And it even got to a point where you saw some of the offensive linemen trying to wave down uh, the crowd to try to quiet them down. And that was very much a credit uh, to the Packers fans that were there. So that was uh, pretty, pretty cool to see. Yeah, RIP Phillip Rivers in the Chargers offensive line this week trying to deal with what is going to be, what, 20-plus thousand Packer fans out of the 30,000 in, in L.A.? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> so uh, there is uh, a narrative. There's a lot of narratives that come out of these games, and there always is. But there's one that I don't think has been discussed a lot, and I think it is – there's a, a sort of fitting a symmetry here, and I want to throw it at you and let and let you just respond to it. One of the reasons, at least in my opinion, that Matt LaFleur was brought into Green Bay was to make offense easier for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't even think that's my opinion. I just think that's a a fact. We've heard them say it. Mark Murphy talked about it. Matt LaFleur has talked about it. Uh, And one of the offenses that you can point to that they do that as well as anyone is Andy Reid. And that's not to take away from what Patrick Mahomes did last year, but you know we saw Alex Smith be wildly productive the year before. We saw Matt Moore on Sunday night. There is something fitting to me about watching Aaron Rodgers take someone like Aaron Jones and turn him into this incredible playmaker, in part because Matt LaFleur made life easier for Aaron Rodgers. This is a, a sort of emblematic game of what Matt LaFleur can do for Aaron Rodgers in terms of making things easier for him. And I guess for me, the symmetry part of it is that you're going to do it against Andy Reid, who is really, in my opinion, the poster child of making life easy on a quarterback. What do you think about that idea? No, I agree with you. I think that's that's accurate. And, you know, you look at quarterbacks across the league, they always have a good quarter or good, excuse me, a good head coach paired with them. You look at the Belichick Brady, you look at, you know, Reed, what he was able to do with Mahomes and guys in the past, Carson Wentz, when, you know, Doug Peterson was there. Now you got Aaron Rodgers playing some of the best football of his career. Now that Matt LaFleur is there. And I think uh, you hit the nail on the head really, because you look at what Rodgers is doing and how he's, he's starting to take some of the easier stuff. And, like even we've seen it the last two weeks, you know, uh, MVS taken a five yard out to the house and then Aaron Jones taking that screen pass, you know, 67 yards or whatever it was. That's stuff that we didn't really see from Rogers much in the past. And I and and uh, I think Ben Fennel actually does a did a really good job of kind of pointing it out about, you know, Aaron Rodgers has these immaculate secondary traits where he can make the throws like the Jake Kumaro throw. He can make the Jamal Williams throw, but he was passing up a lot of that stuff. And I think what's underrated with that relationship is how Aaron Rodgers has bought in or how Matt LaFleur has gotten him to buy in uh, because we're seeing it develop, uh, you know, every week it's getting a little bit better and a little bit better where, you know, it's all, it always cracks me up too, because for whatever reason, quarterbacks seem to get knocked for taking the easy stuff and letting their playmakers make plays, you know? So some of that stuff is starting to come up with Rogers. Like last night, you know, you know, his two of his touchdowns were, uh, you know, a screen pass and, and basically a shovel pass. So, you know, you got to take those away from him. And it's like, no, that's, this is uh this is a quarterback who's playing within a system. He's not as, I mean, every quarterback is a system quarterback, but good quarterbacks, are maximized in good systems. And that's exactly what we're seeing with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers this season. 
We're going to get back to Jake in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about Peloton because they're offering a limited time offer right now to my listeners. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right back to jake yeah and to your point um the the great work of ben fennel this is something that i I talked about earlier in the show on third down the last two weeks i don't know if you saw this tweet from ben yeah on third down, they're 12 of 15 for 215 and two touchdowns. That's a perfect passer rating. They're converting 61% of third downs the last two weeks. I mean, it has felt like Aaron Rodgers on third down, spread everyone out, let him identify the matchup, and they they suddenly are utilizing these matchups. I mean, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on linebackers has been stealing since Devontae Adams went out. I mean, it is incredible to watch Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers work like this and it's not something we're used to as as people who have watched the Packers because Mike McCarthy, for as much as his offense was predicated on matchups, it felt like he was not utilizing his running backs that way. And and to bring this back to my earlier point, Andy Reid does, Josh McDaniels does, uh, uh, Sean Payton does. The best offensive coaches do that. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I live in Kansas City, so it's, you know, Chiefs fans are, are big mad about their their linebacker <laughs> situation. And it's kind of like it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's you have to give credit to the Packers. I mean, they did this against uh, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderash, too, like two of the best young inside linebackers in the league. Uh, Green Bay went into Dallas and absolutely exposed them. And they're not bad players like they're still very good players. Uh, yep. So there's a there's a certain point in time where you just got to say, 
the Packers are going to do this because it's what they do and they're good at it. And, you know, so you can point to, and the Chiefs do, the Chiefs are pretty, pretty poor in the linebacker department. They, they don't have guys that can run with the running backs. Everybody and their mother knew that that's probably what they were going to do. There was plenty written about it before this game and they went out and did it, you know, you know, and that's impressive because sometimes the most obvious call is still the right one. And I think that's what I really like about Matt LaFleur as well. Yeah, and and Chiefs fans, I was talking to uh, to another writer about this the other day. Chiefs fans and Packer fans have a similar issue in that they both feel like they could use a, a linebacker who could cover. And I'm just sort of like, welcome to the NFL, guys. Yep. It, there's like six of them in the whole league who can do it. So it's I, I hear a lot of this from fans and and listeners of the show. They're like, well, they need to train for a coverage linebacker. All right. Which one? Yeah, because there's like six. <laughs> like this is this is I understand the, the the issues that they have defensively, and I want to ask you about them. But it's not like this is some quick fix. It, there, it, it teams like Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Hardman, all these dudes. Like it, it is really hard to play defense in the NFL right now, no matter what the 49ers and the Patriots make it seem. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Um, it didn't help losing Raven Green, but. You know, even if Raven Green's healthy, there's going to be times where you, you get exposed. Nobody has a perfect roster. Yeah, and and you know, to 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 build on that defensively, it, I don't know if it, if this was the plan the last two weeks. I I don't know that I saw a ton of adjustments, and I don't know if you've had a chance to go back and watch the game again. It didn't seem like there were a lot of adjustments from Mike Patton. It just seemed like they executed better. And he he seems content letting his his four guys when it, when he's rushing four just go hunt when they get home and and when Green Bay tackles this defense is good and when they don't you know there's there's leaks here I, I don't know what did you see defensively from from the Packers well yeah it's 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 been interesting Peter because the last couple of weeks I, I think we've even talked about it seems like they've run a lot of zone against quarterbacks that you would expect them to challenge you know I, I get it a little bit more against the Chiefs because you're scared to get beat um, but yeah I, I wish they would have put a little bit more pressure on Matt Moore uh, the second half was interesting and I think their best defense in the second half was just how effective their offense was <laughs> you know they really kept the Chiefs offense yep. off the field I think they had that they have what three possess three or four possessions in the second half they got a couple stops and then obviously the the fumble was huge. Um, Andy Reid is getting raked over the coals in Kansas City right now for not going for it on fourth and three, which uh, I think that I, rightfully yeah. so, probably. Um, but yeah, I think you know as far as the defense, that's kind of what yeah, that's kind of what uh, Petten's doing is he he's kind of daring teams to run on them, and he you yeah, I think you can make an argument that he doesn't really care about stopping the run situationally. Yes. I have, um, I have made that yeah, argument. Part of the, yeah, and I think it's a valid <laughs> argument. It's a very valid argument. And I don't think it's just Mike Pettin. I think it's the league. You know, people are going to say, go ahead. You can take your three to four yards against us. That's fine. Um, we, we'll let you try to march up and down the field doing that, and we're going to try to get you in third and long, and then we're coming after you. And what Mike Pettin's been able to do is not have to send guys. Um, and that's a good position to be in. So especially when your quarterback you know, is Patrick this, Mahomes, I, anytime you play oh, the yeah. Chiefs and they hand the ball off as a defense, you are you're wiping the sweat off your brow. Yeah, that's what you want to see them yeah. do, and incentivizing them to do it is smart football for you. I wonder, I wonder 
given what we saw, the Dallas comeback in the second half, we when I think actually Mike Patton tried to play a little too aggressively and didn't play enough too deep. <laughs> like I, I, I killed defensive coaches for playing prevent, and that was a time when it's like, mm, maybe just keep two safeties back there and don't get beat over the top. And maybe a little bit to start that Detroit game. And I don't know if this is just an overcorrection from Mike Patton, but you're right. I mean, this doesn't seem like the identity of the team that we saw the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's it's tough, though, Peter, too, because, you know, the de- defenses do, especially the way the CBA is set up now, and I hate to be the CBA guy, but it no, really kind of is. CBA guy. It is really advantageous for the defense to – uh, to come out and, and be ahead of the offense uh, early in the season. I think we kind of saw that, uh, especially, you know, week one might have been a little bit of a mirage. Yes, the Packers defense looked absolutely lights out, but we're starting to see just how bad Mitchell Trubisky is. And, you know, the next week against the Vikings, uh, they they played well. They played well, but the, they were kind of in disarray too. So those will be interesting games to kind of look at towards the end of the year. I really think this Packers defense kind of is what it is right now. It's going to give up yards. Uh, it's going to stiffen up in the red zone, and it's going to be predicated on sacking the quarterback and taking the ball away, which is fine. You know, that's if your offense is going to be playing as well as it has the last few weeks, and really as well as it has uh, since week two or week three. That's all you really need if if you can steal. One possession that I think we're going to see a game like we did last night. If you can steal two possessions, that's when we're going to start looking at more of a blowout. And I think that's just the way it's going to go and how they're going to live and die with it uh, as as their defense. One thing that's really interesting about this defense, though, too, is uh, Zadarius Smith is, is that dude. Like sure. he, I, I I just was so impressed because I was right behind the Packers bench when they were uh, they were down seventeen to fourteen. And you look at, you know, Mike Pettin's talking to the guys, you know, everyone's calm and everyone's just looking at, looking at Mike, making their adjustments. And then Z gets up and addresses the guys. And, you know, basically the, the, the short of his speech was, we're going to be fine. Like, we're okay. We're going to be fine. And you can tell, you know, some guys say that type, that type of stuff because they want to hear it themselves. And it's almost like they're convinced, trying to convince mm-hmm. themselves like, oh God, we are fine. They, that was not the vibe with Zadarius. I mean, I was as as a guy just behind the bench. I find my found myself even being like, I trust this guy. Like he's right. We are going to be ready fine. to suit up. Like I just needed. Yeah, no, yeah, I really was. <laughs> like, uh, but like he, he's just he just brings that presence to this defense mm-hmm. that can't be understated. You know, you that's he he really is p- playing he's underpaid for what he's been able to do like Preston Smith is a stud too don't get me wrong i love Preston Smith as well but he's not the guy doing that it's it's Zedarius he's got everybody's attention on that defense and they respect the heck out of him it was really neat to see yeah and and to your point about the offense you know i've said this a couple times green bay's best defense right now is number 12 because if you're going to if you're going to have 10 possessions in a game green bay's going to score in 5 or 6 and if you're if you're not going to be able to create big plays, you're probably not going to score on five or six of your possessions. We think Aaron Rodgers can be more productive than your guy. That's sort of the the mentality that they have right now. And uh, they're four and zero since Devontae Adams went down. It's a mentality that's worked for them. So, I mean, I, I guess who who are we to argue with it? Uh, Jake, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Let uh, my listeners know where they can find all of the great work that you're doing. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at Jacob Morley. And then you can follow all my stuff at uh, PackerReport.com. Um, I do a lot of the game previews. I had some pictures up. Um, and then in the offseason, um, I think we'll be ramping up some of our draft coverage over at Packer Report. But I also um, do do some work for ArrowheadPride.com. So uh, that's a Chiefs website. So obviously, Peter, this was a pretty big win for me for a, a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, living in Kansas City, I don't have to live with uh, talking to those dudes over at Arrowhead all offseason about how their <laughs> Matt Moore-led team beat my Packers. So. Uh, big win for me last night, but yeah, you can find um, all my stuff over at those websites. Uh, find me on Twitter. We uh, have a lot of fun on Twitter, so uh, join the conversation. You know if Tim Boyle had beaten the Chiefs, you would never have let them hear the end of it, so. Absolutely not. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. All right, thank you, Peter. All right, I want to thank Jake again for joining the show. Awesome insight from him there. And uh, if you're not if you're not already following him, if you're not already uh, reading the work that he does, get on that. Please change that. He is he does great work, and we got to get we got to get those follows up. We got to get that follow game up. And and this is this is always so telling, right? Go look at the people who are following him on Packers Twitter. It is everyone who needs to be. All the good people, all the smart people, they follow Jake. So go do the same. It's that easy. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow with our Crossover Wednesday show. Jason Hershorn, America's guest, is going to be here on Thursday. Why? Well, because he, like Jake, covers the Packers and the Chargers. So who better to help us preview Packers-Chargers in L.A. than Jason, who I believe will be on hand to witness uh, what I expect to be uh, a, a fun game at the very least. That'll, that'll come on Thursday and then our live Periscope show, as always, on Friday. A reminder, uh, go give us a shout on whatever podcast platform that, that you use. iTunes, give us a review, a rating, preferably five stars, say a nice thing. I would appreciate it. And it really does help us spread the word about Locked on Packers. Let us grow the tent. Go on Facebook. Like us there. Share a podcast. If you really like an episode that we did, go share it. Talk about it on Twitter. Uh, let's get let's get the Q rating of the show up a little bit. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do so. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.